0: First episode of Zasta Mike. This is CloudBlue's first ever podcast, uh, presented by myself, Ben Hewison, who's uh, one of the editors on the content team in marketing. And I'm here with my guest, Daniel Shapiro, who is the uh, the CPO of uh, PartnerStack, uh, one of our wonderful SaaS companies that we work with. Um, so, Daniel, I'd just like to give you a little bit of a forum to introduce yourself, introduce a little bit about PartnerStack, and uh, yeah, and then we'll, we'll dive deep into our topic for today.
1: Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's exciting to be on your first uh, your first episode. Uh, yeah, Daniel Shapiro. I, I work at a company called PartnerStack. We help uh, B2B SaaS companies uh, build and operate their uh, channel programs, their partner programs. Uh, everything from affiliate to uh, referral to reseller to uh, working with wonderful companies like Ingram.
0: I've got loads of questions for you. Um... I think it could be quite interesting, and I've got a couple of alternative questions as well. Um, I'll actually give you one. I'll give you one now, so you can have a think about it. If you were a SaaS product, what would you
1: be? As a, <laughs> as a personally. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that's an interesting uh, icebreaker. Yeah. What what SaaS product would I be? I don't know. I had I was talking about these some of our some of the the security products this morning with somebody like products like One Password and and others. Uh, I don't know. My head my head just went to there as a uh, you know reliable trusted. <laughs> I don't know why I went, I went there this secure. morning. That's what secure. Uh, but I don't know. And then I have an affinity to uh, to productivity tools. So I know I don't know maybe uh, maybe. Maybe Office, uh, Word, uh, Office, Word, Excel, uh, good, 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 you know. Oh, no, that's the one.
0: Excel, Excel's the real one, right? That, that's the master of the whole universe, basically. But you have to get to its capabilities first.
1: That's right. If you know, if you know all, all the formulas, uh, yeah. absolutely.
0: I think I would be Grammarly or, or Hemingway App, possibly.
1: Oh, those are, those are wonderful. Those are wonderful. Uh, it's a bit
0: of a cheat, as, I guess, because it's in marketing, of course. But uh, I,
1: have to, I have to think more about that. I probably would would uh if I had if I had a couple hours I probably would would think about something else Friday if you asked me on on a on a, on a Monday or Wednesday I bet you'd i have a different answer for every day of the week
0: Oh yeah for sure for sure <laughs> how how you know how well are you feeling distributed
1: how's the server systems running inside you know has... <laughs> That's that's right There's certainly there's certainly SaaS products I admire a lot you know like the uh uh Atlassian's uh, pool of products uh, we use pretty heavily those are wonderful uh, are you, are you reading like my
0: questions daniel because... no no no
1: sorry <laughs> all
0: right let's uh that, that was almost in there basically oh. a bit further down the line right i was i was going to ask kind of what what is what is one of your favorite sas products and i was going to say please don't say atlassian <laughs> oh, <right. laughs>
1: just, just just as a joke, as, as a pro- like... as a product person yeah 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 uh wow. i'll think i'll think more about that maybe for for through our chat there's a there's a lot I, there, the whole space is wonderful so there's so many to choose from
0: yeah it's a it's a super interesting world that we're in I think and for you know for me who's fairly new into the world of sas I've only been here for about a year or so it's uh just just the expanse of it the 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 ability of what we can do and and how it can grow so today the topic that we're going to talk about it's um it's the golden age of sas right um so we've We've been talking a little bit before we got to this point, And uh, I mean, I think it's super interesting, right? It's, uh, there's, there's some numbers that float around 30,000, 20,000 SaaS companies, um, interesting numbers like 14 billion SaaS consumers, um, which, I, I, in fact, I, I mean, I guess it does make sense because, you know, there's multiple users per system. So, of course, if we extrapolate by adding on, we get to big numbers. Um, you know, SaaS, well, first of all, what is it? It means software as a service, right? And why would we consider the age that we're in today as a, as a kind of golden age. Well, you know, in 2019, SAS accounted for about 25% of the enterprise software market. It's grown continually, about 11% still then, and it's it's due to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 11% until 28. We're talking huge numbers here. 780 billion is one of the potentials that I've seen for this, uh, for this marketplace out there. But I mean, really, why is it the Golden Age of SaAS? I, I think the numbers are fantastic. The financials are very interesting. but more so, it's it's the potential for growth, right? And it's the potential for change and it's that potential for for innovation and for for new processes and and new businesses and new entire industries to kind of grow up. So I think that that's more what we'll focus on because you know there's plenty of podcasts out there that talk about money. Let's talk about the fun side of things
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it is it is it's the area. It's the space that we are so excited about absolutely
0: i think so i think so um
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna go straight
0: into a very interesting question right um and i'm gonna i'm gonna start off in a, in a in a bit of a funny in a bit of a funny place right sas is exponentially growing right there's plenty of niches that exist already but where do you see the next kind of niche popping up in sas you know if we go into forecasting hat we put our forecasting hat on where could we see the next potential? Uh, you know, niche. We a lot of people talk about ML, uh, machine learning. A lot of people talk about AI, artificial intelligence. Where, where do you see it? As someone who has such a vast uh, cadre of uh, you know SaaS companies, B two B SaaS companies that you're out there talking to and interacting with, where are you kind of seeing the niches uh, sort of grow up in this this ever expanding market?
1: It's. I don't want to. I don't want to try to predict the future. I can tell you kind of what things that I'm excited about and things some some of the things that we're seeing. Yeah, certainly, over, certainly over uh, during the pandemic, uh, we saw just a, a huge explosion in kind of a couple of areas um, seeing in terms of uh, companies related to, to just shifting to supporting uh, commerce online. Um, and so there's a wonderful ecosystem um, that is has been built out and continues to be built out just around supporting uh, digital commerce. Um, and that is it's really it's really exciting to see some of the some of the problems and solutions that that companies are solving. The other one has been the HR tech space has been really remarkable in terms of kind of seeing that um, uh, just seeing how companies are solving problems we didn't think we had uh, mm-hmm. anymore, and, and just how they're how they're solving it in, a, in a particularly in a remote uh, remote environment. Um, some of the things that I think is um, maybe early days, kind of continue building on that. So if I were to put some predictions, things that I'm pretty excited about, is how um, how data is moving around, continues to move around and how folks are using data in their uh, in their platforms, using the use of machine learning, uh, and AI, to help uh, businesses operate in completely distributed manners is really, really exciting. um, To see that to me, Um, for me, you know personally i'm really excited about the the innovation in uh in the channel space i think this is actually one of the most exciting areas uh that are happening obviously i wouldn't be anywhere else if i if i didn't believe that so i think that's that is pretty pretty exciting um and then the the f- kind of a third area that i just would call out um that i really can't predict where it's going but i think it's it's going to be pretty exciting uh nonetheless is how blockchain is going to be coming into um non-typical solutions, solutions that you may not think, uh, the blockchain can solve. And we're seeing companies kind of really bring that into, we were talking a little bit earlier, but you know, in, in, potentially gaming and things, but, uh, there's really a whole bunch of areas where, where blockchain is getting used together with machine learning together with, um, uh, and solving, you know, problems like, you know, remote, uh, remote, the remote distributed workforce. Pretty, pretty yeah, it sounds like stuff. three
0: P's there. It's, it's almost like the three P's of marketing, but just applied slightly differently. And we could say like it's 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 people, it's processes and it's platforms almost.
1: It's, well, it's always people. Uh, it's always people to me. Uh, software at its core is always, it's always about people. It's built by people and it's usually solving a people problem uh, uh, always. Um, the processes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so I, th- I think that that's a pretty good, Pretty good view on things i just I would put a, put a big p for people yeah ppp <laughs> you
0: know personal people always first and then the processes and the platforms afterwards of course because i mean half of the time we're creating the problems that we're solving right so <laughs> it's it's an interesting battle um i mean it, le- it leads me to an interesting question what there are so many more SaaS companies today than there ever have been software companies in the past, and I mean, I think we've kind of answered that already. You know, but why do you think there are so many SaaS companies? I can kind of imagine the answer, but I really want to hear what you think on this.
1: I think at the core, the uh, just as you know, the cost of a CPU has gone down, uh, you know, every year, uh, pretty much for the last I don't know in existence. Um, the cost of of solving a, a problem that software can solve has become so accessible. Um, so the to me, I look at uh, you know the ingredients and in, uh, that the that kind of came from infrastructure as a service. That I look at you know we're talking about AWS and thinking about uh, just the huge amount of uh, building blocks uh, Azure uh, has shipped and, and, uh, other companies like even Google cloud has shipped just those raw ingredients. Uh, if they're at your fingertips as a, as a founder, as a, um, as a, you know, as an early CTO, what you can come up with is so much easier. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so much, it, 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 it's so much, uh, lower cost to go, uh, build a, a new SaaS solution than ever before uh than, than building a software company call it 20 years ago so i think it's incredibly accessible this incredible innovation that's available and these wonderful companies think about thinking about microsoft amazon google and others um that have made these ingredients available for uh, uh for creative technology founders out there um, to go work with um is has created the space to just for the explosion of ideas um and I think we're gonna to continue to see that um, I also uh there's other tech I don't want to just, just focus on those, but like even the integration as a service um mm-hmm. kind of companies thinking about like the those workado and trays and other kind of companies that are also those are also key building blocks that uh businesses uh have been able to to kind of build on top of um, yeah that, th- those are kind of some of the, the the core reasons why I think there's been an explosion.
0: I think yeah, and, and accessibility is it's a wonderful word, and it's it's really something that it feels that humanity has been trying to focus on a little bit for the for the last couple of generations, right? We've tried to increase accessibility to education, to to all kinds of to food, to clean water, and you know now we've we've, we've done pretty well, and we're getting better at doing that. And now it's more it's access to potential to innovate and to create and to sort of deliver things and i think that it's something wonderful it's really beautiful and lowering the the bar for entry is fantastic because it opens up more mindsets and and different new opinions and new visions and views on on what software and what you know services should be and and that's just something it's better for the world right you know the more the more input we can have from developing countries and from countries that are, you know, trying to grow and, and from the people that live in them as well, it, it just brings around new ideas and new ways of doing business. And it's all supported by this wonderful ecosystem of SAS companies that exists. Right. And it's, it's, it's a rolling ball. It's like innovation on iteration and we carry on
1: going. Well, that, has that always been the history of innovation is, is, um, is, is there is, it's a snowball effect of, of, um, Individuals are inspired by, you know, those became that came before them, they stand on their shoulders. Uh, and, and that is definitely part of the story. Absolutely. But access, just making it bringing more minds into the process is something you can't, I think it's immeasurable what you're describing. Um, and uh, the accessibility of technology. So, you know, things that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, bandwidth was, was certainly not, uh, uh, available, um, as broadly as it is today. And, uh, totally would argue it's not as broadly available as it should be, um, today, either around the world. Um, and if you kind of connect the dots between kind of the availability of bandwidth, um, and technology to, um, to individuals, I think that that is, that is a really big predictor. So there's some, um, Innovation is not, so you're in Spain right now, I'm in Canada. Um, th- their innovation is not um, just, you know, located in North America, certainly not just in Europe. It is incredible also to see the explosion of growth of companies from every every corner. And I th- and I think the core is the, and I think as an industry, we got to make sure that we we champion this is the, uh, make sure that, everyone has access to that to that technology for, for everyone else's benefit, right? You don't know when, uh, where those where those solutions might come from. Uh, so yeah, the, your, your point on accessibility is absolutely
0: I agree with. It's brilliant when I think about, you know, um, online banking, or, or mobile banking, or banking at distance, right, whatever you want to call banking as a service, when I think about Africa, and the fact that, you know, mobile banking, there is probably more advanced in some ways than it is in a lot of in North America, you know, they had mobile cash, way before we did. Um, Absolutely. You know, they, they don't have the ground networks, but they have the satellite, and they have the other networks, right? Mobile phone coverage is is growing all the time. There's a company, I believe it's called Four G Capital, which does uh, small loans to to businesses um, around Sub-Saharan Africa, but delivered via mobile phone. You know, so suddenly we can support nascent industries that are not tech related, right? But it's a technology helping them grow. It's an innovation product that uh, a perfect market, and you know the ability to transfer cash with a mobile phone between two people, it's it's brilliant. You know.
1: But I, and I I think that's part of the, some of the most incredible innovations are going to be in places that are that are trying to solve problems that, you and I may not have that problem, right? The use of of cash as a uh, in that in those situations, right? The use of cash and other uh, uh, ways of monetary exchange is different, um, and but the, what's incredible is solving that problem in those ways has inspired has brought it back um, into countries that are then looking at that as incredible innovation, like, oh, and getting inspired for how do we solve a different kind of problem, that exchange that happens kind of around the world of folks solving problems, that, uh, that, that, in other geographies might not really truly understand, or folks from one geography solving a problem in another geography um, is it's, it's, it's purely magic. Like it, it really is pure, purely magic. It's, it's,
0: it's, just brilliant. I just, yeah. As we said before, it's where on earth will we go? <laughs> where on earth? You can't even begin to imagine. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, I, but I, I, we can kind of track maybe one or two, one big thing, which happened a couple of years ago, which sort of helped kind of push us into a bit more of a golden age. And it, and it is that, that the C word coronavirus, and it is the pandemic. And I do think it was a, a bit of a driver in, in this in this space that we are, because I mean, in, in a company that I worked at previously, we onboarded uh, seven and a half thousand people onto Microsoft Teams overnight, Friday, Friday the thirteenth of March, to Saturday the fourteenth of March. There was there was previously, I think it was one hundred and fifty people on Teams, on the twelfth. By the fourteenth, there was the entire company of seven and a half thousand people. Just that, that scalability and that ability to deliver to have the bandwidth the server space everything but then also actually having a workforce that's educated enough to be able to be like okay I can pick this up I can play with this I can understand this functionality right C- coronavirus is a driver of this making digital transformation a reality I think was really interesting in this space
1: absolutely but I uh, and I want to come back to that but I wanted to just connect it to the conversation we we're just having before I forget um on it and that is, it also highlighted um, the gaps that exist in, uh, in access to some of those technologies, right. So yeah. at the same time, so we'll, we'll go down that path. But I think what's also been interesting, which drove a lot of um, rapid, at least in, you know, my geography, uh, where I am is seeing, for example, schools that weren't ready to go uh, virtual and kind of seeing um, the innov- the rapid innovation, but like, okay, how do you go support those, those students? How do you go support, um, those families that don't have access to it? Absolutely. So on, I just want to call that out, but on, in terms of what it's done in, in the industry, it's certainly accelerated, um, uh, tremendously. Um, and it, but there's also another interesting thing to me that's that it highlights, which is also how ready, you know many countries were to go virtual or many i shouldn't say so many countries but uh, certain industries were ready to go to go virtual the fact that you could go virtual in the in the course of weeks or even months uh for a business that's that's a pretty remarkable thing what do you need to do that you need a uh, you know bandwidth available broadly you need to be you needed um, uh, the use of or the availability of great um, cloud-based solutions Uh, that could help you run and operate your business remotely, Um, those kind of core, core pieces, building blocks had to be there. And uh, obviously, companies had to kind of bridge it uh, in terms of getting, you know, uh, being able to support their employees to, to move remote. But it is remarkable that we were able to, or so many businesses were able to do that um, in that window of time.
0: Yeah, because adoption is often one of the the difficulty parts, right? With with software and with changing environments, right? Change change management is is a common theme of difficulty in 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 the corporate world and also in the public world as well, right? And I think there was something in the there was something in the air, but there was definitely something in the air in terms of adoption, right? In terms of people being willing and able to actually to give this digital world a try, right? To 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 actually to delve into a little bit more, and I can think of a few industries. I mean. Whilst they struggled and they suffered a lot, hospitality actually managing to turn as much as possible online, digital, you know, with the food delivery apps that grew and exploded in the last couple of years. But Mm -hmm. the same thing with virtual guided tours of hotels, right, or virtual guided holidays and lots of other things. And then theater production companies, you know, doing theater in the theater but beaming it directly into your home. Right, again, this adoption, it, it just happened so rapidly, but I think there was a there was a population that was ready for this, right. As, as a, as a, as a, as a, as, as society as a whole across the world, I feel that we were ready for that step into something new.
1: Absolutely. If um, the, the things that were kind of getting ready before that, like e-commerce being one of them, right. Another one, um, the ability that so many businesses were able to, and, and had to, um, uh, unfortunately, um, in, in a lot of ways, accelerate their, their path to, uh, uh, to, to virtual and e uh, based delivery or, or purchasing. Um, there's, uh, for me personally, it was the first time, uh, I never, th- I bought, um, a, I needed a couch, uh, in my home. I had never <laughs> considered before that I would buy a couch without ever having sat on it. I was one of those that bought a couch entirely virtually showed up Uh, delivered, delivered, um, you have to make it as well. Uh, you put it, it was, it came, uh, to be assembled, uh, but it was really simple. They were a wonderful company, uh, here in Canada, uh, shout out to cozy. I think it's a great product. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, those kind of the fact that, um, we also just, it's not just the technology, but I think mentally is what I'm trying to get at is I don't think mentally I, I was there pre pandemic. Uh, and I think that that's the same for many folks. Um, I think that not only was it business change, but it was culture change around the the uh, the comfort of ordering groceries potentially remotely, uh, having it delivered uh, to you what what does that mean? Um, the idea of uh, working remotely, I think we're all still getting used to uh, that even years later. but you know the idea of going going virtual it it was a it was definitely a shock for I know, for uh, myself and, and, and many, and, and many folks that I, I know, not, not so much a shock of, um, like the technology and things, but having to adapt what you used to know, about how you operated, you know, how you interacted with folks and doing that, doing that virtual, entirely virtually was yeah, really, how was that really digital fascinating. digital world
0: helped us right? how that digital world helped build that, that bridge between the, the past as it was and the present that we're in now, right? And and the the digital hand holding that we all got through that, you know, the 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 help and support that it, it decreased. I mean, whilst we were all incredibly isolated, I think actually a lot of people felt more connected than ever before because of course it was it was a shared experience for, for the whole world, right? And we had that kind of shared jump forward it was like a you know a, a giant step for the world basically
1: yeah we we got to com- we got to complain together about uh about what it was like going going virtual and, uh it wasn't just
0: the british complaining for one <laughs> time, it
1: was everybody else as well <laughs> it um i i think that's part that certainly is part of it um i change that I'd, i can't think of a uh another instance that where uh where so many individuals had to, you know, change their, their entire kind of mind map or framework of how they thought about interacting with businesses and other individuals. Um, at least not in my lifetime. Um, and and yeah, so it, it introduced kind of forced these paradigms, but it also forced the uh, uh, and created almost it was okay, um, to, to kind of as a shared community be talking about? And uh, like, what does this mean? What are we all going through? Um, uh, through that change? I, I think I at think least at least what I've observed, I'm sure I'm sure uh, uh, there are pockets that do not feel that way. I
0: mean, of course, you know, we're, we're, humanity is a very varied group of uh, bunch of people. And uh, we are definitely all with strong opinions on a lot of things. Um, but no, I just think I think that sense of, um, of you having to Wanting to and then actually moving forward, right? I think that was it was it was something quite
1: I think almost beautiful
0: I mean, in its way, right? You know, strangely beautiful.
1: There, there were definitely is I want to I'll, I'll lean on the have to. I think I think great innovation some, usually comes through a um those kind of constraints, um, and the have to. Uh, is a painful thing. Like, I don't want to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, I think we all kind of went through continuing to go through that. It's it's quite painful to be on, like to, to drive the change. I think about certain industries, academic uh, industry, like education, as an example, that very, very painful change um, for, for folks to go through, but the innovation that came with that, that pain, I don't want to say it was worth it or anything like that. I don't, but the innovation that, that came with that, um, was quite substantial around yeah. virtual learning. Um, the you know thinking through all the processes and things. Uh, I'm thinking about colleges, universities, um, grade schools to um, uh, all of the things that that those institutions had to think through and work through um, to manage that change. Um, that was probably you know a 20 year or 10 year accelerant. Um yeah, there was so much resistance
0: to change before that. I mean I, I was actually a teacher in my 20s um in a few countries across the world in South Korea, Spain, Italy, Switzerland. And there's a lot of resi- there was a lot of resistance towards technology. You know, a lot of resistance towards electronic whiteboards for example because the thought was that right. the video or the thing that you can do on that would distract the child or would distract the adult learner from the actual task at hand which is memorizing or you know absorbing information in right? But what we realized is that actually they reinforce. And a lot of people knew that, but there was so much resistance to change because, hey, look, this, this process works. You know, We have brought 200 years of people into the modern world using classroom teaching, using rote memorization. But then when we realized that actually there's a lot of different learning styles and it became very apparent. And then suddenly we have this technology which allows us to, to do learning at a distance, You know, to do one-on-one conversations or group chats. But then people can learn at their own pace, and they can, you know, access different materials and stuff. It it was wonderful that once the resistance goes, it, it's it's like a collective sigh of relief and a collective move forward, right? Of of course, all the awfulness around it still exists, yeah. but
1: well, it's it's not only that, but it also sets a, a, a new uh, a new level of which to innovate from. So yeah. the what it. Uh, the change that happens, so particularly the pandemic, from, from my standpoint on, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, on academia specifically, um, was okay. immense, like just, you know, you can't just just hugely immense in terms of what it was. But what it did was it also opened up opportunities for the next level of innovation in academia, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, the um, it's certainly the what happened over two years uh of the pandemic certainly did not create solve for problems like inclusivity students with disabilities uh working remotely parents who have to hold down you know a second job and things and uh while their their child is at home kind of you know parent who has to go some those are all problems that um what's incredible is that those are the next set of problems that now um have been exposed to 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 be solved um so what's It's accelerated kind of a portion of the, a big portion, a huge portion of the innovation curve that's needed across so many different industries. But what's exciting, because we're talking about the golden age of SaaS, is I think in addition to all the technology we've talked about, the number of new problem spaces that have opened up too um, is pretty incredible. Um, And so we've kind of all moved from like one level of problem spaces to another level of problem spaces and opportunities um, that, uh, in a much more connected world, we're now in two years later, um, the, um, the set of, you know, the, the problems that we were solving two years ago, in many cases are not the same problems that we now have to solve kind of going forward. And so founders and, uh, and software companies and innovators, um, as you know, the, the, the it's pushed us all to kind of think about like, oh, there's, a, these are new problem spaces that we now need to think about. Um that's a pretty cool thing too that's created is is it's, it's not just that we've solved some things it's that we've actually have a whole bunch of new problems yeah well uh, I mean, to that's, go that's
0: pandora's box isn't it you know you open it up and then suddenly you unleash you know everything in the world but the, it's good because it's progress right and and progress itself is quite painful a lot of the time it doesn't have to be a smooth linear upwards curve you know it could be a bell curve it could, it could be anything right but progress itself is painful but so long as we learn lessons and bring them with us and we and we continue to grow into that new world that we've created we can still find solutions and we can still move forward and i think that's kind of where we are now right we've 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 opened up this new box of problems but actually now we have not only technological ability to solve problems but a societal will to try to solve these problems right i feel that we 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 are it feels more connected to move forward together right you you hear more voices you you see more opinions but you you understand that actually maybe there is a a move towards that progress that we need.
1: Yeah, I, I think about two problems that for me as an individual, and I think it's uh, definitely for an opportunity for in terms of our industry that has been exposed. Not so much that it didn't exist because these two problems don't like exist heavily, but they um, but I think they became. Uh, there's a big spotlight put on them one was uh uh mental health i think that is a particularly in the remote world there's just so much of a focus it was always it's always been a problem um it's always been there hasn't been uh, uh so easily talked about i think in the last couple of years one of the more interesting things that i don't know that it i, I don't think technology deserves the, the credit but for whatever reason it, there's a much um a bigger spotlight on it that didn't exist uh, pre. And I think um, that's opportunity in terms of go solve. The other one is just in the same vein, but global health, the idea that um, uh, that health in somewhere else in the world uh, actually is connected to mm-hmm. us. And so those problems and how do we solve them? How do we get in front of them? I think is pretty interesting that um, it's, it's almost made the world smaller um, in a lot of places. So while in the pandemic, we were felt there was distance isolation, uh, in a lot of ways, the world has also kind of gotten smaller at the same time. Um, and so yeah, not only do we create new problems to solve it also exposed uh, opportunities for for problems for us to solve.
0: I think that mental health uh, piece is is a little bit affected by social media as well, I've got to say, because I know a lot of people shared a lot of, for the first time ever, their feelings of of mental difficulties on social media, right? And it was beyond celebrities and beyond mental health charities, right? And it was down to individuals that potentially, well, that you knew, and that they were, you know, saying, I, I need some help, eh? Uh, I really need some help right now. But it wasn't, in isol- they weren't isolated voices anymore. There was a, a groundswell of people actually feeling... I don't know, the need, the have to or the, the comfort or whatever the feeling was to say I've also got a, I'm also feeling the pain today. And I think that, that openness was, was brought around by social media, which is such a divisive area, right, when we think about it as a technology, as a, as a connector, but it's also a disconnector. It's, it's like the, the paradox, right, of social media. It, it, it can have great good, but it can have great negativity. And I think on that one front at that time, actually, it was quite useful to have that, a public space that was still accessible, right? It, it was the only one I, that we could get to. Right? I, ho- I hope so. I ho-
1: yeah. I, ho- I, I hope so. i i I certainly am not, it's not, I'm not, a, I don't know exactly kind of where, um, the role of social media has played or hasn't on it. Um, uh, but it feels like that, 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 that that's probably the case. Absolutely.
0: Public confessional, basically, I think is where <laughs> it's going now. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think all inter- human interaction virtually or, uh, uh, or in person, but in this case, we're talking about, you know, virtual interaction is, is, has certainly, has certainly shone a light on it somehow. Um, it's, uh, it is fascinating. It is fascinating to see.
0: It's really, it's really cool because the next part, um, am I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull back in something that we actually talked about in our, in our first chat. And I love this phrase that you said, the art of what's possible. I love that. I love that as the, uh, as the act three to this uh, chat about the sure, golden yeah. age of SaaS, right? Let's, let's talk about And I about think it. it's, it's a service. It's, for me, it's, it's a belief that, yep, we're going to do more. We're going to do it better, and we're going to do it for more people, right? But I love that phrase, the art of what's possible, right? And when we apply that to this world, the golden age of SaaS and the future of software and the future of humanity and technology, it's, it's a really interesting phrase, right? And what did, what did you kind of mean by that?
1: I have a big belief that software is 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 pure magic this is going to sound for all the listeners on here like i i, I believe i i talk about this uh to my teams uh from time to time i believe software is the thing we've always had uh over the last 20 plus years 30 years um, software is the closest thing we have to fairy dust mm-hmm. uh, and what i mean by that is it's the only thing that if you really you can describe something that's in your imagination, you can describe in a type of words, and in our case, it's code. Um, And and reality, it turns that into a reality somehow, right. And there's very few things that you can imagine that software can do that you can't actually do if you can imagine it, you can generally go, um, go create it and implement it. Um, And the harder, the hardest part, the the more incredible part about um, software, and I think that is kind of being um, inspired about what's possible, mm-hmm. and that very often comes from um, looking at what ingredients you have to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and in software, you know, you know, thirty years ago, you might think of uh, that you had a certain operating system and some code. I remember, you know, as a kid coding, and you would just it'd be your your imagination. You'd come up with a game. You know, I remember, like, and we would, would play around and write, um, you know, just it would be a text-based game uh, when I when I was a kid because that's what was available to to me, and that's what I, I could imagine. Um, and then as, you know, the, the dawn of graphic user interfaces on desktops, your imagination kind of gets pushed a little further, right? And you have more computing power. You can, your imagination gets pushed further and further. Um, and I think today... If I think about the ingredients that a, you know, uh, a, a young founder who's starting a company, a software company, or looking at a problem um, space has, they're looking at um, uh, you know limitless compute capabilities, limitless storage capabilities. They're looking at ingredients like machine learning models and. Uh, blockchain, and they're looking at, you know, you know, incredible, you know, image recognition through machine learning and stuff like that. They're looking at uh, limitless, almost limitless bandwidth, what it feels like the the cost of uh, uh, of compute, um, internet of things, kind of capabilities, um, just, you know, uh, and all these being things, being around the... as well. Right? And, they're all and these scalable. things, yeah, and they're being pushed around the world to you, you, you have, uh, you know, bandwidth, not just for you, but for, you know, the, the, um, a huge geography of, of population. So if you think about like what you have at your, at your fingertips in terms of those ingredients, almost like a chef walking into a kitchen, looking at what ingredients do I have? uh, I'm going to make, make a dinner. Um, I think that that is one of the most magical things, because then you have problems on one side you know, all of the problems that we've talked about, you know, world problems and human, like real, real important things that we need to solve as a, as humanity. And you think about the ingredients that our industry has created. Um, What now you need are just creative thinkers to look at those things and come up with ways of how those connect, potentially could connect. And, um, and so if you think about like that kind of growing, that means like the 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 space for innovation is multiplying exponentially. Um, Right? If you think about the ingredients that you have to innovate with is just multiplying exponentially. Um, That's why I really believe that we are really at the beginning, not, you know, uh, we're at the start of something pretty exciting. Um,
0: You've made me think about potatoes, tomatoes and pasta, basically, right? (laughs) And uh, (laughs) my wife's Italian. Um, and she she'd kill me if she could hear me right now. But obviously, of course, pasta comes from China, right? And it was brought back by Marco Polo. And then tomatoes weren't native to to Europe either, and neither was the potato. And now the potato and the tomato relating that to SaaS and to technology seems a bit ridiculous, but in many ways it's it's the foundational aspect of a lot of northern I, cuisine with the potato and southern cuisine with the with the uh, Europe, sorry, with the tomato, right. I they never thought when they brought that tomato back that small little seedling that it was going to grow into the behemoth of food that it is today right the same thing with the potato being the basis for so much food as well and then pasta you know noodles turning into pasta turning into everything else that we make from that right these these new products the creativity the innovation but the societies that they built off the back of them is is amazing and that's what 400 and, years ago 500 years ago
1: absolutely and and I'll layer on top of all of that. that's just kind of the that's not just but it's about solving a problem absolutely. But then taking that problem to market also has become and is accelerating in terms of how easy and uh, the how easy it can be to get get products, software tech to um, customers, business customers, mm-hmm. consumers is also uh, if you think about you know what did we have to work with? you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, how many shrink wrap boxes could you afford? You know, how many, how many discs could you, could you print? Um, today we can distribute, um, software, you know, the speed of light or, you know, pretty instant, near instantaneously. Um, you can distribute, um, solutions to really tough problems, um, uh, push it around the world into a data center that might be close to you. That. Uh, and then transact on it, um, on, you know, your preferred billing system, um, or through your preferred uh, uh, reseller, whoever that that, if you kind of think about take like, it's not just about the solutions around around like these, these wonderful creative, um, creative solutions to hard problems. But it's also about making sure that you can get those solutions to market and get them to the right people um, at, you know, great, affordable cost, that all of that coming together, just keep both of those things moving, um, gets me really excited about how, again, this we're talking about the golden age of SaaS. both of those things are driving, um, for me, that definition.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool eh, to think about the, that, that difference between going to market with a software and going to market with a SaaS product. Right. And, and as you've touched on there, delivery, ability to bill ability, to charge, to procure, to fulfill, everything can happen from the cloud, but, you know if we think back to i can i can't imagine the costs that went into launching microsoft office you know in the 1980s the physical nature of it you know having to encounter all of the factories across the world to print the cds to ship the cds all of that extra energy time money spent not on the core product right and we've just refocused that away and so of course the machines and the systems and the software that we build they become more advanced because we can focus on the core aspect of it right the technology the solution that we're looking for the problem that we're solving and and then you can get to market in the drop of a hat right you can deliver this product to anybody via a landing page or a website or through an app directory like cloud blue or you know through through partner stack if you're partnering with another company to bring you into a marketplace or even through an iphone or a google android marketplace right you know you've got those delivery systems they're just they're there for you and you can, it's also a very harsh life as well, right? Because it's immediate that you know, the market likes you or doesn't like you. But then of course, you can adapt and readapt and evolve with it,
1: I think and I think for, for when thinking about the, the market as, as a whole, that's, that's a benefit to the market, that's certainly harder. Uh, it can be harder, I think, on companies, um, to, you know, they have to find product market fit faster. Uh, and they, you know, they can, they're capable of finding it, but they're also capable about finding it at a lower cost. Um, so companies can can operate way in with way more agility um, to kind of go and figure out, you know, adapting, bombing and weaving to be able to uh, solve their customers problems. Um, but, yeah, it, it is uh, it is remarkable what uh, what companies are capable of doing today. And if you kind of fall, look back even like five years, like every kind of five to 10 years um, over the last that has uh, that equation of, you know, um, how the cost to innovate plus the cost to go to market um, has just been a an incredible accelerant in terms of the like the reducing the, those costs, those burdens on businesses,
0: which is brilliant. And, and again, it's that it goes back to accessibility, right? It goes back to accessibility for the whole world for different communities, new audiences, and, and all the time, these these new audiences, these new these new worlds that we enter, they build new things on top of them. Right? There's there's no such thing as no progress. Right? And we're, we're moving forward at that breakneck speed, but we're bringing more people on that journey with us, which is which is wonderfully exciting.
1: Yeah, and more, yeah, definitely. in the more diverse um, voices in those solutions too is pretty exciting. Um, and I I think that's what something that cloud has helped with to a certain extent. Um, in terms of just allowing companies and, and individuals in just about any corner of the world um, to contribute uh, contribute voices to some of these problems and, and even some of these solutions.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant, Daniel. Do you have any books that you're very excited about that kind of fit into this world? What are you reading right now that, um, that kind of excites you in the world of uh, software, in the world of SaaS, or, or any kind of business book that you're reading right now?
1: And and actually if, if not, not, we can skip over. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, there's not, um, there's not any specific business books that I think are relevant to it. No, I don't think I have a good answer for that okay, recently. That, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um,
0: it's difficult to find the time to read. It's not, it's not, it's not a simple there, process
1: there. There, there is a an old book that has come up recently that I've been thinking a lot about that I read many, many years ago, um, about, uh, corporate culture um, and I've been thinking a lot about the idea of um, corporate culture and kind of how uh, how you change how you how you kind of change culture how you how you support you know positive culture in in, in a company and I think there' what's interesting to me is is I've been thinking a lot about how it kind of is similar in um, in kind of a broader context not just a individual company but in an ecosystem or in, in a uh in a company in an ecosystem um some of the, the you know some of the core concepts around if you think about corporate culture is um that there are beliefs that there, there are unspoken beliefs that exist and in those beliefs kind of drive action So in, 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 innovation for companies to be more innovative, a lot of the time it's the beliefs that, you know, you can't be innovative. You can't innovate certain kinds of problems. One of the things that, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Um, So something that the pandemic did was kind of do, it it kind of forced me to think about the fact that it's really challenging. Some of like we could have, companies could have changed and adapted before at any point, like in, not at any point in time, but they could have moved quickly. A lot of it was beliefs that they didn't believe that they could innovate as fast as they, they could. I think one of the, the interesting things from, from that for me is kind of the thing that I've been thinking about is how much, um, how much opportunity to innovate sits inside companies that goes without, uh, that, that's basically being untapped because there's these limiting beliefs. Um, you know, there's a belief of I can't reduce my costs doing this, or I can't create a really great remote experience for my employees or, you know, that's, that's a belief. It's not, uh, and then you don't, you, you don't bother to go innovate on it. Right. Or I, I don't think I can, we can't sell to a, a customer like that. We can't solve those kind of problems. And then, oh, we have to solve that problem.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's so, do, Let's solve that problem. Now you've, you've forced well, me to we, do it
1: because you're kind of, yeah, you're, so we're the, Anyway, So I've I've thought a lot about you know the idea of corporate culture, but in the context of almost ecosystem culture or economy culture, um, and so that's had me thinking a lot. But it's not not a recent book I've read; just something that uh, that I've been has been in the back in my mind quite a bit. It's it's a yeah it's a, you know. <laughs> Problems
0: being the mother of all solutions, basically, essentially, in the end. You know what I mean? We, we, sometimes we hit a roadblock, and we, we have to conquer that, right? And if we don't have to, maybe we would be more the, the tortoise rather than the hare, right? We would like to take our time, understand, study, you know, engage, analyze, come up with solutions. But sometimes we can be behind the curve if we do that, right? We can be too cautious. And And growing a business is a risk, right? Starting a business is a risk. But then when we get to a certain maturity perhaps we feel that actually we're a risk-free business no mm-hmm. business is but of course there can be that feeling that sensation especially if it's an old longer company or if it's in a very established market but I think the mother of invention is is the need to solve problems right and, and absolutely we were, we were forced into that and it, it, it did bring some wonderful solutions out there did and, and I
1: think approach. we're in yeah and I think we're probably in the at the beginning of another set of constraints you know looking at the the tech eco the economy and some of the, the challenges and concerns that, that there. I think it's forcing companies to solve problems that they maybe didn't think they needed to solve or that they could even solve and that they're, uh, they're doing so. So that's, that's
0: like it. a future of infinite possibility. No, <laughs> I, it's always, always. Okay. And then one, one good question to finish on. Right. And, uh, this is, well, this is very personal. I've recently read that um, well, quite a few people think we're living in a simulation. Um, do you agree with that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Talk about quantum physics and, uh, and the fact that the observable universe isn't observable inside an atom and theory, yeah, I observed it changes, but yeah. Do you think, well, oh, I, I don't think,
1: I don't think I'm smart enough to answer that question. Do I, do I think I, I only know what I can observe. Uh, I, uh, okay. I, I don't, I, I guess it's possible. I guess it is possible um I really don't know that's such a that's a uh, it's it's not an area i've heard that that before uh, i've heard i've heard kind of that that question I, I haven't given it much thought do you what do you think yeah i
0: i i think that reality is incredibly individual <laughs> so in many ways i believe that it is possible right but what do we mean when we say simulation is is part of the crux of the question right My reality is very different to yours. My color blue is different to your color blue. Sound is different to me, right? So my my reality in itself is individual. Do I think we're living in a simulation? I think it's very possible, right? I I think the more we understand about physics, the less we understand. And the less we understand, the more that we realize that anything is possible, right? And so I think that's where I land. You know, if, if if you're trying to observe the inside of an atom and a proton and a neutron, it doesn't have a value until you look at it, right? That is that blew my mind when I read that and I still don't understand it. And that, that's easy. Yeah. Come on. Why not?
1: There's when you asked the question, I I thought my mind, I'm sure I don't know if other people, my mind went to like the matrix or something as the and, and, and I, I, there, there is a, uh, I remember that, that whole, that movie kind of blew my mind kind of thinking about like, Oh yeah. Like your brain can't see the world. It can't hear the world. It doesn't feel the world. It does that through your senses. So how much can you trust all your senses, potentially, but what they're what they're feeding your brain? Um, I think there's something to that, certainly, is, uh, you know, is. But that's, that's, that's going to be the, the limit to my contribution to that question. Exactly, no.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just that <laughs> I, I really like it's such a random thought as well. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I like the idea that we potentially live in a simulation. But, I mean, I think if we do, the, the game designer certainly got a very weird sense of humor. Uh,
1: yeah, that's, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, but thank you for, uh, thanks for the questions.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. And uh, Daniel, this was wonderful. it was been a brilliant chat. I've really had a great time. Hope you've enjoyed yourself as well.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's been uh it's been a trip to kind of think about some of these uh kind of big questions and kind of talking going down different different paths.
0: Yeah, it's quite nice, you know, and I think um we all spend a lot of our time at work. We all read, listen, watch a lot of things about work and our world that we work in, we're very lucky. You know, it's it's so broad, it's so much depth to it. It's so interesting. It's ever changing that I feel that, you know, sometimes we don't need to focus on technical aspects of things, you know, on, on API connectors and on these very heavy technical subjects, right? We can talk about what we do in a kind of esoteric existential way. And I think that it adds meaning to to our to our little corner of the world that's growing I, exponentially.
1: I, I think those in our, I'll leave you kind of with one thought, um, I think across our industry, something that I sometimes see is this disconnection from that, oh, I work in, we work in tech or so I don't, you know, it's not, there's a distance from kind of humanity almost in in, in some respects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think it's the exact opposite. I think one of the, the most wonderful things about what we do as an industry is that we, like I was saying earlier, we really kind of turn ideas, like they're really kind of these pure things that just, that really live in, in people's minds. And we kind of turn them into a reality. And there's... Very few kind of roles and, and industries that kind of are built on that. Um, I think that's one of the most exciting things about kind of what being in this industry and kind of what we do, um, but also kind of it, it's what gets me excited and keeps me excited about everything that's possible um, with you know what we're going to do together as an industry in terms of solving you know some of the most incredible problems you know innovation. And, um, and the number of hopefully even more folks kind of come into this industry, in our, and are and see that too. But um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tremendously exciting to me. It's always been and always will be.
0: And brilliant. What a, what a great way to finish. And it is an exciting world. It's an exciting life we've got. And it's Friday. So we both have exciting waiting week- weekends to come up
1: as well. It, it is looking forward to that. Anyways, thanks brilliant. for thanks for the time.